0: computer okay yes uh, go ahead please yes so this is dr elizabeth berman making a recording for the angel wing archives and i want to welcome everybody who is listening to this no matter when or where they're listening to it welcome welcome um today i'd like to talk a bit about the energy of empathy and the energy of compassion, because I'm finding, especially in this time of COVID, that these two words, empathy and compassion are being used a lot. Um, And because of the extraordinary demands that COVID is placing on all people on the planet, um, we're talking or I'm hearing about burnout, right? And what that means, especially for healthcare providers, for first-line workers or responders or mental health providers, what can we do to help them from having burnout during this time in terms of empathy and compassion, which are so necessary and so um, needed for all of us And so when I looked at these two different energies, empathy, compassion, because I don't think those terms should be used interchangeably because I think there's um, a fine discernment that they're two different energies. So, The way I'm using empathy is been very loosely and generally defined as one person being able to feel into another person's feelings or experience. And compassion is defined as feeling for another accompanied by an aspiration to take action that benefits the other. So both empathy and compassion require what we call mirror neurons in the brain. And these are fully functioning by the time we're two years old because children, two-year-old children all around the globe, across all cultures respond in a way that when these children are able to perceive other children's distress through the mirror neurons in our brain. It, the mirror neurons allow us to actually feel in our body what it is we're observing in someone else. So this is a part of our biology. It's built into us in terms of our genetics. Now, how that evolves across a lifetime depends very much on the culture we're in. And I can talk about that in a little bit, but what I want to do is to focus now on empathy and compassion. So empathy is a prerequisite for offering help to someone else. And most toddlers, do by the age of two in all cultures around our planet. And they do it apparently automatically, it's kind of built in to offer help to others, even when it doesn't bring any tangible benefit for the toddler that's offering that help or that assistance. So this early emergence, of empathy in our development throughout life suggests that humans are really hardwired in our genetics to, to be altruistic. We have a tendency when all of our other needs are being met and we feel safe and secure to act altruistically towards other life forms, other humans, other species, when we see them in distress. Now, culture influences this wiring in terms of how it is sustained across the lifespan. In 1975, six different cultures were examined. Kenya, the island of Okinawa off Japan, India, the Philippines, Mexico, and the United States. And with the two-year-old children that were studied, examined in situations where they were seeing or perceiving another child in some form of distress, 100% of the elementary school age children behaved altruistically. They go back then, I'm sorry, I I want to state this correctly. At two years of age, 100% of the children are behaving altruistically across the world. When you go back to elementary, these same children at an elementary school age level, 100% of the children in Kenya are continuing to behave altruistically. 8% of the children in the United States of America continue to behave altruistically when they get into elementary school and beyond. So we see that the culture surrounding us has a huge influence And it's the culture that's teaching us about responsibility to others. And they talk about, the researchers talk about our culture has over 10 times the influence of how we behave in terms of witnessing others' distress than our genetics do. So this is a very important thing to note in terms of cultural values and how we're preparing our children to go forth into adulthood and the future of the world and the planet. So again, I wanna emphasize that empathy is feeling into another's experience, while compassion is the feeling for another's experience that's accompanied by an aspiration, a desire, to take action that will benefit the other. And the reason I'm making this distinction is because we're aware now that empathy can become crippling when you identify so strongly with others' sufferings that it begins to overwhelm us. And you can see how so many healthcare providers, first line responders, mental health providers, are faced with the suffering of others as we're trying to cope with this pandemic and how, not how, yes, the how and the why so many of our providers, our health providers are experiencing very severe burnout. So what we can understand is that compassion has less emotional attachment to what's going on in the others. And it's more of a motivation to do something practical to assist the other. Allowing us to understand that if we can discern what's going on with us, if we can consciously choose to engage compassion instead of empathy, we won't engage these mirror neurons to the point where we begin to have burnout in ourselves. Because when we use MRIs, we can study what's going on in the brain with an empathy practice, and that's continually trying to feel the distress of another person, that this activates the neural networks that are associated with distress and suffering and pain in oneself, as opposed to MRIs, of a compassionate meditation, which activates the networks associated with connection, belonging, positive emotion, and maternal love. So while empathy can burn us out, if we're not aware that that's what's going on, compassion gives us a way of being, present to an experience, and having our motivation to do something that might alleviate that suffering. So it's an empowering activation of the brain and neural networks versus um, basically an overload of the witness of suffering. So I offer this to you to help you to learn the discernment of paying attention to what you're feeling and understand there's a difference between empathy and compassion, and you have a choice of how you want to process the experience. And I would encourage you to move to compassionate practices, which empowers you with motivation to do something that alleviates the suffering of others instead of actually experiencing the suffering of others in your own biology. Okay. All right. Okay. So that was only 11 minutes.